I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne, for you are God and God alone. Because of you, my cloudy days are gone. I can sing to you this song. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. Just wanted to sing those few words unto the Lord. Want to welcome you to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Saturdays, you can find us at 11.30 p.m. on kkla.com. That is the rate, that is the internet feed for 99.5 FM. So you can tune in either way and receive the word of God. Certainly we solicit your prayers this evening as someone has sabotaged the enemy, that if the devil can't do it himself, he'll use someone else to do it. And so our equipment has been sabotaged and nothing is working from the time I walked into this building. But nonetheless, you have to have the word inside of you. You can't always depend on your notes, anything like that. If you are in the streets, if you at work, you don't have a computer in front of you, you don't have an iPad or, or you don't certainly don't have your notes downloaded onto your phone and looking at it while you're having a intelligent conversation about the word of God. And so with that being said, I want to direct your attention to the fourth chapter of Genesis. And while you're turning there, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe in facing opposition by being obedient to the word of God. That is the fourth chapter of Genesis, Genesis 4. My prayer is that you have had a blessed day and no matter what you're dealing with, this is the day that the Lord has made and we can be glad and rejoice in it. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything if you know those words just just sing it i love you jesus i worship and adore you just want to tell you that i love you 
more than anything. I lift my hands in total adoration unto you. You reign on the throne, for you are God and God alone. Because of you, my cloudy days are gone. I can sing to you this song. I just want to say that I love you more than anything. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. Genesis, the, the fourth chapter. Now, if the enemy does not have a reason to be mad with you, you're not living right. Holy Ghost, bless your name, Jesus. I'm not talking about you going through something or dealing with something because you are doing things and you're reaping the consequence of that crooked behavior. See, I've watched TV and I know that people will sometime claim, I know it's not you doing it, but I know that sometimes people will claim that they're going through for righteousness sake when they're really suffering for unrighteousness. They're really going through something because they did something incorrectly. And now, and just like we reap the benefits of our good, the Bible said that uh, be not, uh, don't be deceived, God is not mock whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you do good, you're gonna reap the consequences of doing good. And if you do wrong, you're gonna reap the consequences of doing wrong. Now, the Bible is very clear that if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. That could come through a number of ways. You just have to be wise, prayerful, keeping your ears and eyes open and understanding that you're going to get hit with some things sometime. And those things that you get hit with could even um, impact the material as well. So... Um, for those that are listening now and those that will be listening later, just you, you need to understand that. And, and everything is not the devil. Everything is not the devil. And so you need to understand that as well. Things break. Some things break. There's a difference in something breaking. And, you know, uh, men, men and young man was talking about the tangible things such as cars, uh, which are made to break. Yeah, there are components in automobiles that are made to to wear down at 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 50,000 miles. And so that you have to bring the car back in and spend money to get it service. Uh, those things are just part of our life. That's tangible things that uh, that's been structured that way. A print cartridge uh, may go all the way down to 85 percent and stop working and then give you an alert notice that it needs to be replaced, but it still has 15% of the uh, coal in it that's used for printing. And then you turn it in and someone else capitalized on that and you've spent now $90 or $100 and, you know, 
on another print cartridge because it, when it reached that 85%, it saved that 15 and sent you an alert notice that it was empty. It was designed to do that. And, but then there are times where you're impacted by something that was not designed that way. You can look at the evidence that there has been tampering and everything is all out of sort. You know, you can see where someone broke the lock. You can see where someone um, messed with, uh, with the equipment or even when you just turn it on, everything was working fine. And, and as soon as it was time, in this instance, as soon as it was time for service, uh, it all just shut down and stopped working. There's a difference. You have to distinguish the difference. But God is still on the throne. Whether it is something that we deal with because of our own or because uh, we are dealing with it because of the warfare, God is still on the throne. He is still sovereign. Just giving you a little time there to turn to Genesis, the fourth chapter. And so we're going to go on into the word of God. Now, they used to tell us that this is shooting from the hip. You know, this is what the uh, our elders, I used to hear the elders and them say, you know, um, and they would, preachers and ministers, if you got up and you did not can't come preparing you all over the place, they like you coming with that old shotgun message, you know, and you're just scattering all over the place instead of targeting what you should be talking about. And then they talked about shooting from the hip where you had to perform instantly from right where you were. You didn't have nothing else to back you up. And so you had to had to double tap, you know, and shoot from the hip. And, and somebody out there, five oh, know what I'm talking about, double tap and stuff. So uh, the fourth chapter of Genesis, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for equipping us, blessing us, uh, for this moment, this hour to present your word, Lord God, and to bless uh, each one that is listening, Lord God, ask that you would bless them. You know the day that they've had. You know there are some that are starting their day. There are others that are ending their day. And like us, we're, we're coming, we're well advanced into the middle of a, uh, the evening, Lord God. And so we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord God, and how you have blessed us, Lord God, and, and Lord Jesus, and you just blow our mind with what you do. You leave us with our with a wow in our heart. You leave our heart burning and wanting and desiring more of you, Lord God. And, and so we just pray and ask that you would bless us as we go into your word. Lord God, and each one as they open up their devices or their paperback, or hard copy of the word, Lord God, that you would bless and open understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis, the fourth chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of uh, sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that 
Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou uh, wroth? And why is it thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt not, uh, shall thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Bless you, Jesus. We've been in the book of Genesis now, and we see that uh, Adam, Adam and Eve both have a story that they could tell once upon a time. They lived in a pristine place. The atmosphere was, was good. They could eat from the leaves of the trees. They had jobs that they could do and, you know, and well-climated uh, environment. But they let that go. They let it go for a moment. The Bible tells us that for a moment of pleasure, man would miss out on eternal life. So if you like a squirrel trying to get a nut, uh, you, you're taking a risk. You say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I've been saved for years and I've never did anything wrong. You're still taking a risk. All it takes is one time. One time to get caught with uh, something that you don't want to live with. Or as one man uh, in the midst of his being mischievous had a heart attack and died. You don't want to, you know, have that story of one time. And all of us have a story. The Bible tells us all have sin and come short of the glory of God. Well, we know that sin impacts us and it also impacts those that we love, impact our family, our children, and impacts relationship, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. It impacts uh, employment. It impacts and the impact is not good. So the best thing to do is to avoid. The Bible tells us that, uh, uh, that we can avoid even the very appearance of evil. You can avoid the very appearance of evil. If it looks evil, uh, stay away from it. Uh, don't, don't make an excuse, but uh, they didn't do that. And so here they are outside of the garden. No way to return back in. They can't turn around and, and say, well, I left I left the stove on. <laughs> Let me run back in there. <laughs> they can't say, well, I, I left I left a handkerchief, my favorite handkerchief. Let me run back in there and get it. Uh, none of those excuses are going to work. They're outside of the garden. They're outside of that environment that they once had. Matter of fact, they are disconnected. 
because the Bible said that in the day that you eat thereof, the Lord told them this, that you shall die. And we see that they did not physically die. So, but spiritually, something is gone. Spiritually, there has been a disconnect. I, I heard the psalmist uh, uh, say, Lord, don't take your spirit away from me. Do not take your spirit away from me. Matter of fact, someone get that for me. Just text it uh, in, comment it in for others to see. But the, the, the young man was praying, don't take your spirit away from me, Lord. Don't don't take it away. Uh, people walk around and they think that grace and mercy is forever. The Lord will have mercy on whom he will. He will have grace on whomever. But understand something that grace and mercy is not for people that have died. It's for those that are alive. And you have to take full uh, benefit, advantage of it right now. Because on the other side, it's too late. It doesn't exist. The Bible said as a tree fall, that's how it lays. So if you uh, die in unrighteousness, that's that's it. If you die in righteousness, then you are righteous. If you die in holy, you're thriving to be holy because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Hebrews that, that be holy for I'm holy. God is holy. And so we want to be holy. And God did not ask us to do anything that we could not do. And so it's within our ability. Now, I've stressed this over the past week or so uh, to the when I was speaking in Los Angeles and other places that uh, the, the Holy Ghost is not here to save you. It's here to give you guidance and to teach you and to help you in your journey in this pilgrimage. Sin is something that we do or do not do. Uh, the Bible tells us, uh, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Not so. So we know that being uh, presumptuous and being mischievous and just living any kind of way, um, you know, and just taking it for granted that, well, you know, God's going to forgive me or uh, not so. It's not so. Uh, we ought to live with fear and trembling uh, for our soul's salvation. And, and so uh, we see here that they're outside the garden and Adam knew his wife. They were intimate and a child was born. We don't know nothing about the intimacy, why they were in the garden. But here we see that they were intimate and Cain is born and Abel is born uh, soon. Now, it doesn't outline as far as, as far as their age or age difference. Uh, I've seen some numbers that, that people have posted what their ages and the difference might have been, but we know that Cain was oldest and Abel was, was you know, little brother to him. And so the Bible says that, uh, that Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cain had to work. Uh, he learned a trade from his father because Adam had to till the ground. 
And after what Adam, Adam making a bad decision, there was thorns and thistles. So now Cain is a tiller of the ground as well, and he's dealing with the thorns and thistles of what his father caused to come. His father caused this. Gentlemen, we need to be careful about what we do. We can cause some things to be hard on our sons. We can cause some things to be hard upon our daughters. And so we need to be careful what we do. The scripture, I'm looking for the scripture that, that says, um, Lord, don't take your spirit away from me. And so uh, he was a tiller of the ground. Thank you. He was a tiller of the ground. So he had the responsibility of working with the, um, the organics and tilling the earth and digging it up and making sure that the soil was correct so that they could grow food. Now, remember, they were eating from the trees until they decided not to eat from the trees. Uh, well, you might say, well, they didn't say that, but their actions did. Our actions say a lot of things. Uh, the psalmist says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness and according unto thy multitudes of tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. And that's what we want. We want our transgressions blotted out. Transgressions mean that, that you knew what to do was right and you didn't do it. You did what was wrong. That's a transgression. It's different from someone that don't know. Someone that don't know is not a transgression. But for someone that does know, like you and I, it is a transgression. And let me let me caution you is that it's important that at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to forgive you for something for things that you may not even have thought about was wrong. Uh, things that you may have said that you took for granted that it was OK, but it was offensive to the Lord. Search yourself. And ask God to to check you, make sure you're right, make sure you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't assume anything. I believe the, the, the David said, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sin. And so the writer uh, uh, here, and I, I'm reading from Psalms 51, which was, was given to us. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sins are ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, Lord, I, I understand you desire truth. You desire truth uh, in the inward parts and in the hidden parts, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be Whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that thy, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. The bones. He was afflicted. And here he is. And, and the 11 verse says, cast not away thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore me. 
and rejoice the joy of the salvation. I went through something and my bones is broken. I'm suffering because of my behavior. And he's crying out unto the Lord. Well, the Bible tells us that Cain, this tiller of the ground, uh, this brother uh, is preparing. This was his responsibility was to prepare the, the field and to work it. Whereas Abel was a keeper of the sheep. He handled the livestock for the family and whomever else may have been paying him. And so the Bible said in the process of time, it, it happened that, that this thing came about that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. He brought an offering unto the Lord. He brought an offering unto the Lord. We believe in presenting offerings. Offerings is something that we bring to the Lord. The Bible tells us to bring an offering. And so I know in our technology time, we have applications of different things. I stopped on my way in and used and stopped at the teller, used the application to make sure that that tithes and offering was from the pastor, was put into the, into the account, was deposited. That's what we're supposed to do. Cain brought an offering unto the Lord. And, and so when he brought his offering, uh, he expected something. There was an expectation. You ought to have an expectation when you uh, bring unto the Lord. Now, we're not presenting and bringing things to him because that's all we have in the expectation. It's because he's sovereign. He's sovereign. And, and his breath that he breathed into this instrument is more precious than anything else. You know, you see TV commercials where someone uh, says, you know, they've received a, this large amount of money uh, because they were in an accident. And they usually show them from the neck down, maybe from the chest. You don't know if that person is paralyzed. You don't know. Uh, some of them would rather give up what that, that large settlement and have the activity of their limbs and to be able to function a, a, a certain way than to have all the money. Because money does not buy happiness. It might bring you a moment of joy, but it don't buy that inward stimuli of, of uh, that you are really desiring that you get when you are when you have the ability to do things. And so uh, just the, the fact of, of what God gives us a breath so that we can move about a reasonable portion of health is what I like to call it. It's awesome. And so not looking for God to do anything, but looking uh, for at the fact that obedience is better than sacrifice. The Bible says that Abel, he also brought of the firstling of the flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel to do his offering. But unto Cain, to his offering, he had not respect. And we know respect means to uh, that something is extinct, something is looked at, uh, something is uh, held onto with a particular gratitude and appreciation. Cain's offering was not received. The Lord didn't have respect for it. Now, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. You need to think, why is it that the Lord did not respect his offering? Years had gone by. 
Cain obviously has been taught. He has some understanding of what it meant to bring an offering. That's why he was bringing one. He was presenting one. But there was something about this offering that he brought. There may be something about the offering that you bring. The Bible tells us that when we bring an offering that we should bring it willingly. That no one should make you, no one should beat you down with words and hammer on you to give unto the Lord. It should be done willingly. Matter of fact, the Lord told Moses, said that in Exodus, that if it's to only receive those that are of a willing heart. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wrought. He was angry. He was not happy about this. And his countenance failed. He walked around, I don't, you know, looking pretty messed up in the face, apparently. Whereas Abel's sacrifice was accepted. Now, when we look at Abel's sacrifice, it's similar to the sacrifice that was made in the Garden of Eden. There was a sacrifice that was made in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Bible students, you, you're, you're listening in right now. Uh, your mind should be thinking as far as, as what sacrifice was made. How do you even know a sacrifice was made in the Garden of Eden? Send me an answer. How do you know a sacrifice was made in the Garden of Eden. I'm not asking you to give me a scripture. I'm asking you to just give me the words. How do you know a sacrifice was made in the Garden of Eden? Abel brought an acceptable sacrifice. He brought a sacrifice that the Lord had respect unto. We ought to bring a sacrifice that is acceptable unto the Lord. There are many scriptures talk about uh, presenting the fruits of our lips, opening our mouths up, giving God a praise. Uh, many times people are at, at sporting events and they're watching the sporting events and you can hear the, the echoes from wherever they are. I've been by the Rose Bowl and I could hear the roar of the crowd in the Rose Bowl. And then those, some of those same people will go to church and sit quietly as if they are I don't know, just sit quietly instead of making that same praise, making a joyful noise unto the Lord. The Bible tells us all to make a joyful noise. The Bible tells us to give uh, thanksgiving and praise unto him, to enter into the gates with thanksgiving and, and enter in with praise. And it doesn't minimize that you might be having a bad hair day. It just says that, you know, when you walk into the, the house of God, that you're entering into a place where praise is acceptable. And sometimes you have to praise your way out of a situation. Sometimes you have to praise your way out of it. Now, praise covers a multitude of things because when you are on the altar praying, we still believe in going to the altar praying. And so when you're at the altar, you may be praying without a word being uttered from your mouth because of the heaviness of your heart. But you are yet there thanking him in spite of giving honor to him in spite of offering a sacrifice of praise. We bring sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. How do we know? The question. How do we know? Uh, 
that there was a sacrifice made in the Garden of Eden. Cornerstone, I know you guys should know this. And so um, Cain, Cain brought a sacrifice that was from the ground. So the next question is, is what sacrifice? Uh, what sacrifice did he bring? He brought from the fruit of the ground. But why was it not accepted? Why was it not accepted? Cain, he knew better. You knew what to bring. So why did you bring that? It is the same with us. We know what God wants. Now, I, I preached a message I was thinking about today that, that said, give the king what he wants. We should give the king what he wants. We should give the king what he desires and nothing less. Give God what he wants. And so, and it's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your home. It's going to benefit your family. And it's going to benefit others that are around you. Thank you, Jesus, mighty God. He's so good. God is so awesome. He is so awesome. So Cain's sacrifice was not received. Um, it should raise that, that question again. Why was his sacrifice not received? What happened? Uh, that his sacrifice would not be received. Something happened. Oh, bless your Lord God. Bless your name, Jesus. Well, I'm going to read on a little more then. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wrong? Why are you angry? How are you going to get angry at the Lord for something that you're doing? Uh, you you want to make him um, receive what you want to give him. You want God to... You want to, you want to make him, God has a structure. He has a plan. He has purpose and he's outlined it for us in his word. So we should look at his word and understand what it is that God wants and give that to him. Okay. He's upset. He's upset because God didn't receive it. Listen, I've seen people leave a service upset because they felt they didn't get enough applause. It's not about you. And they felt they didn't get enough amens. Oh, they set out on me. They didn't say enough amens. Uh, you know, and, and all these different things that you want accolades of people. No, if you're going to impress somebody, impress God. You're going to impress someone, impress the Lord. You know, don't impress man. Men will switch up on you. They might have good intentions one moment, the next moment, it, it, something might be wrong with them. And, and because they don't respond the way that you look for them to respond, then, then now your day is ruined because you was you had your expectations in the wrong spot. Our expectations should be unto the Lord. Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you and I'm giving you my all. I'm giving you my best. And, and what I'm rendering unto you. And let me let me look in the word. I, I'm, for those of you that's just coming on, we've had equipment failure. I'm teaching from the word. No notes. We're talking about the word of God, which should be something that we all can talk about, discuss, admire, enjoy, give God glory. Because the Bible tells us that his word is highly exalted above his name. So we know at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. 
His word is established. And the Bible says that heaven and earth would pass away before any part of his word should come up short. I paraphrase that before it falls to the ground. And so we ought to be able to enjoy and just talk about the word like we're doing right now. And so we see in the scripture that when Adam and Eve sinned, when, when Adam did what he did, gentlemen, we saw that Adam did not protect his wife. He didn't protect the family structure. He allowed someone to whisper into her ear and put a, to put a stop to it. He was there and he could have stopped it. The only thing, only other thing that could have occurred is if she would have resisted what her husband was saying and followed after the serpent anyhow, then that would have painted a whole new scenario. But instead he allowed it and then he followed her into what was wrong. Flesh will cause you to follow what is wrong. You don't wanna follow flesh. The, the Bible said that flesh wars against the spirit. It is contrary to, to what God is calling us to do. And you feel the struggle sometime, you know, but one thing about it is that the more you resist, the more you become acquainted with obedience, the easier it becomes to obey, the easier it becomes to resist unrighteousness. Easier it is to call upon the name of the Lord uh, and, and, and the devil will flee because you, you have your mind and your soul, because you're training your entire body, my, my body, my soul, my spirit, man, to love the Lord God with all your heart, with everything, with your entire being, because that's what's going to get us out of here when God calls our name. Now, anyone that's fallen short of loving God with their whole heart, uh, with all of their being, is not going to be caught up because uh, one, they're not going to hear him because you're not in tune. Okay. So um, the answer, I don't see an answer here. We've been in, in, in Genesis and now coming up to the, into the fourth chapter. There should be an answer for the question uh, about Abel's sacrifice uh, and the sacrifice that was made in the garden. The sacrifice that was made in the garden, since I've thrown that much out there. The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve, when they, they were not ashamed because of their nakedness. There's nothing to be ashamed about nakedness. You know, one of the pleasures of life that God has given us uh, is, is one is holy matrimony. And Adam talks about that. Oh, wow. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And, and shall a man, a man should leave his mother and and, and his father's house and cleave to his wife, you know? And, and so uh, there should be no shame about the nakedness. And one of the beauties of, of marriage is that you, you might both have uh, Coke bottle shapes and, you know, both at your peak, but then as you grow older and, and those shapes start to uh, start to redevelop at, at times. And, and now you've gone from a, um, you've gone from a Coke bottle you know, small waist and, you know, gentlemen with the upper body strength and women with the charm below, you know, now you both look like uh, leaders. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, because you're looking back over the memory 
of how you and what you had and now you've grown. Uh, I like what one gentleman said about him and his wife and they're young, they're a young couple, but they say, you know, we're growing old and flabby together, you know, and we're loving it. And it doesn't mean everyone's going to be that. It was just a description of love and the fact that you're embracing one another. And, and so uh, Adam, Adam and Eve, um, he embraced his wife over the word of God. And it left them in a situation where they were not ashamed and now they are ashamed. And when they heard the voice of the Lord coming, they ran and hid. They ran and hid. <laughs> and it, Adam said, I hid because we, we were naked. And Lord asked, well, who told you you was naked? You never complained about uh, being clothed in righteousness before. They were clothed in righteousness. Now they have experienced unrighteousness and they're ashamed. That's what unrighteousness do to us. And we've all been ashamed. We've all been ashamed. I don't like that feeling of being ashamed. And so therefore I choose to practice doing uh, what is right. I don't like the feeling of guilt. And so I practice uh, living, trying to be a man of integrity and the same as you, uh, male or female, should do. And so when the Lord, when they saw that they were naked, they took fig leaves. They took these organic leaves that was going to dry up, sewed them together. They knew how to sew. <laughs> and made aprons to cover themselves up. And which was a shame because eventually it was going to dry out and fall apart anyway and they was going to be naked. They didn't know that, never experienced death before, never experienced shame before. And so the Bible tells us that he took, that the Lord took coats of skin and covered them. So we see the first instance, or we're hearing about the first instance in the garden where a sacrifice was made, the shedding of blood for remission of sin, what was made. And so when we look at Abel, we see also that he brought up the firstling of the flock. He was a, a, a keeper of the livestock, the sheep. And so this would have been similar to what took place in the garden of what he presented, whereas what Cain presented would not have covered sin, would not have covered the unrighteousness. Matter of fact, Cain, uh, what he brought was from a cursed element because the Lord for Adam's sake cursed the ground that's why it had thorns and thistles and so what he could have done was went and taken the, from the fruit of the ground and exchanged it for an acceptable offering to present unto the Lord pride won't let you do that pride will have you going in a way uh, that is so disrespectful unto the Lord unto others, unto yourself, you know, respect. We have to respect what God is saying. We have to respect what God has laid out if we want to be accepted of the Lord. What did he say? If, if is a, uh, you know, that's that, that continuation, that's that condition. If I've worked with a lot of if statements because I, I, I work with data, I'm data engineer. So I work with development. 
of writing code and using Python and, and Azure and, and different things, tools of the trade, you know, and so they're if statements, conditional, if, if thou do well, thou shall, uh, you, you're going to be accepted if you do well. But you can't do well if you're trying to do it your way. You have to do it the way, you have to do it of the desire of the one that is making the request. Then you'll be accepted. But if you don't do well, then sin lies at the door. And unto thee, you're going to deal with the consequences of it. You're going to deal with it. We are to respect what God has to say. I believe that's our desire. That's why we're all tuned in right now. You're tuning in and you're hearing this for the first time from me, whereas I've heard it multiple times. The minister gets hit. Let me minister gets hit with the word multiple times as it is being received, as they are going over it again, as they are seeking for clarity, Lord, what direction do you want me to go? Apparently, uh, this is the direction that we went this evening with the Lord's blessing uh, because we have no notes. We just had our, our Bible open and talking from the word of God. And so, you know, as I started out saying, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. I want the Lord to know how much I love him. And I can say I love him all day long. I can sing that song, but you know what? If I don't respect his wishes, then all I'm doing is making a bunch of noise. Let's respect what the Lord wants. Let's respect his desire. And, and we could, we don't have to pray, Lord, what's your desire for me? We can just read his word. It'll come. Just read his word. Be obedient to what God is saying through his word. Don't look for a prophetic word. The Bible itself is filled with prophecies of, of blessings and, and what you what you'll receive if you if you're obedient, if you're willing and obedient. The Bible says we'll eat the good of the land. I was sharing with a young man last night. He, he asked me a question about some business. Um, he was hit with something that happened over 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, it's not even worth. Uh, but the fact is, is, is that uh, legally they can, you know, when you're dealing with business and purchasing things, they're, they're things, uh, instant uh, logic information in the contract that, uh, says we can come after you later and so it's been about 10 years and he's dealing with something and i and i took him to the word of god and i, I showed him where in the word of god how um, when a debt collector came uh, this young man using his wisdom in the of, that the lord the lord pointed this out in the parable this young man used wisdom to settle the account the word of god will give us what we need and bless us on how to conduct natural business as well as spiritual. We just have to be willing to follow what God is saying. The Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto the Lord. Well, if we study to show ourselves approved unto the Lord, we can study to show ourselves approved 
even in our natural setting for our livelihood. Let's give God what he wants. Let's be the men and women that he's calling for. We see great, we see Cain who wanted to do it his way. He didn't respect what God was asking, whereas Abel did. Let's follow little steps. The Bible said the, good, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace, Lord. We thank you for your kindness and how you have blessed us this day. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for that, which you are going to do in the lives of those that are listening, those that are hearing now and those that will be listening later. Lord, we just want to honor you and respect you for who you are in our lives, Lord God. We're not respecting you because we want materialism. We respect you because you're sovereign. We respect you because it's you that, that give us life. And we know that in your presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Savior. In your presence is the fullness of joy. Lord, and so we want to be in your presence. And we know that, that we can only be there if we, if we are respectful unto you, Lord God, by yielding ourselves as, as, as vessels, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices that is holy acceptable unto you, Lord, that we know that this is, that's the bare minimum, our reasonable service. Lord God, thank you. Lord, I pray and ask that you would touch those that are maybe sick in their body right now, that, Lord God, those that have unspoken requests that uh, upon the desires of their heart, Lord God, in, in the family, in the home, on the job, Lord God, and Lord, you know and understand you said if any man lack wisdom, let him ask you. And so we come and, and we're touching and agreeing and asking for your wisdom, your, your knowledge and your understanding in Jesus' name. Lord, we'll continue to give you praise and to give you glory. Lord, we'll continue to tell of your goodness as well as live. Help us to live according to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Carl Henderson, and God bless you. If you're looking for a church home to grow and to expand in, I want to invite you to join us here at Cornerstone. Sunday worship begins at 9 a.m. That's at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you.